Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Badlands Daily. This is all connected, guys. It really is. It's, it's, it's undeniable. Which is a rigged system with these elite people. There is no need to complicate something that doesn't need to be complicated. The divide is, is meant to keep us divided and fighting each other. But they control the actors, and I really think they have to jump for it. They like making their pet monkeys dance. It's just a creation that exists in the minds of people who are still addicted to the central narrative. All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Badlands Daily. Oh, where'd it go? I just saw it in the uh, in the chat. Where'd it go? Oh, uh, too late. It's hump day. It is. I was yeah. I was gonna say what day is it? You know, that was like one of the hey coolest hey what day it is? You know what you know what day it is? You know what day it is? I love that commercial. Hump day. <laughs> <laughs> what a great commercial. My wife and I were watching um uh like a, a com composite of the uh the best super bowl commercials of all time the other day oh, we were cool. we were just bored and we were like let's watch this before we go to bed which sucked because there was like two minute commercials like every five minutes and so we we were we were committed at that point and uh you never realized how great commercials were in the 90s before yeah. like all the political correctness and all the dumb crap got involved with it and so well, there's that and then there's also the way that um like like TiVo and DVR has has impacted the advertising industry. Now people can, you know, basically fast they can fast forward, they can skip through and and jump the TiVo for a while had that thing where you could just straight jump the commercials and go to the next thing. That changed how obnoxious advertising got. I, I think it changed it in the wrong way, frankly. Um but it definitely had material impacts to the way that we consume ads on media that um it used to be an art form and now it's, you know, like everything else, it's overly commercialized. I mean, advertising is overly commercialized, but, uh, you know, just, just clicks and, and get, you know, get as, get as much of those dollars as you can. Whereas back in the nineties, we were slightly entertained by our ads. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, now, um, with streaming services, they, they mandate you watch these commercials, you know, on some of the platforms where there'll be like two or three minutes worth of commercials and they show the little timer up there. So, you know, how long you have to suffer through that. And, uh, it's nothing more at that point. It becomes nothing more than check my phone. Yeah. You know, like, like you, you don't even watch the commercials anymore. You just, you pick up your phone and you're like, Oh, what's, what's the freshest thing on Twitter? What's the freshest thing on, on truth? What's the, you know, whatever. So yeah. Anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Badlands Daily, joined by my lovely co-host, Ash Epp, Ash in America. 
uh, after a, well, yesterday wasn't exactly a marathon stream of the Fanny trial. That was relatively quick, yeah. but we, we do have another stream that we'll be doing on Friday when they continue this. And on Friday, they're going to introduce uh, the, the cell phone data as evidence. So you guys will definitely- Offer. As proffer, excuse me, as proffer. Uh, so you guys are definitely going to want to check that one out. Uh, before we get rocking with today's show, let's go ahead and jump into our first sponsor. And ladies and gentlemen, we've got Goldco. Are you concerned about the $6 trillion at stake in the upcoming 2024 election? The Wall Street Journal has reported a critical issue, a looming decision on extending tax, tax cuts scheduled to expire after 2025. Republicans advocate for extending Trump's tax cuts, while Democrats lean towards letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations, potentially creating a massive $6 trillion gap. But fear not, there's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat. Join thousands of hardworking Americans who are taking proactive steps to safeguard their savings. Visit BadlandsGold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything you've worked for. You may not, you may even qualify for 10% back in bonus silver, but hurry because supplies are limited. Don't leave your financial future to chance. Act now to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead. Get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at badlandsgold.com and take control of your financial destiny. One more time, that's badlandsgold.com. Yep. And Storm Shelter. I skipped the ads on TV by watching ads on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I realize it's a paradox, but I, I did watch the uh, the the Barbie movie last night with my wife, and I do not share the same opinion as Burning Bright whatsoever. And which one? No. Burning Bright shared a lot of opinions last I night. I did not see. I did not see uh, that uh, Story Hour last night. I'm going to watch it today because I. Have oh friends. yeah, it, 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 so, Story Hour is really good last night. Well, I'm just going based off of what he was saying on, I, I think it might've been DPH. I'm not sure, but I did not share that same opinion. There was like a, an what iota. Mean? You, ha you hated it? Is I didn't think it was very good at all. It had oh, some, I, I, it had yeah, some, I, I thought it was complete trash, the film, but. It had some gut-wrenchingly funny moments. I'm not going to lie. There were some moments where I literally laughed my ass off. There was copious amounts of, of like product. Which ones, consumed, which ones did you literally laugh your, your ass off? Just one. What was one of those mainly? Moments? Well, oh, man, it, just about anything that Ryan Gosling that Ken did in the real world. Uh, I would laugh. Ken was the sympathetic character of the film. Ken was yeah. a slave. The yep. Kens were slaves and yep. the, the, they break out of this thing. And it was also incredibly um, demeaning to women that they can get the, these women that are, you know, the Barbies, that are on a separate island with the, they're running their society. They're in utopia, right? They've got their utopia where they've enslaved all the Kens and a set of new ideas. When Ken comes back with the patriarchy idea, a set of new ideas can immediately brainwash all of the women on the freaking Island. What's wrong? Like, what does that say about women? What? Well, to me, I think women actually understood that, uh, you know, it's not really a good idea to just live in a, you, uh, what they deemed a utopian society uh, that women had the final, the, the, the first final and infinite say of, of what, you know, went on. So I don't know. We, we can't, we can't get into this discussion. We got a lot of news to talk about today. Um, first and foremost, uh, to all our folks in Texas, guys, please stay safe. There's a, a historic wildfire outbreak, as it's described by Texas storm chasers on Twitter. It says historic wildfire outbreak underway in parts of Texas panhandle. North wind shift by 5 p.m. This was yesterday, of course. Multiple towns under immediate threat. 
And, uh, you know, I was looking at some of the footage online and this thing looks pretty, pretty bad. And uh, as of yesterday, it was not under control whatsoever, 0% under control. And I guess there's a cold front that came through yesterday. So it pushed uh, a lot of this, you know, cold fronts have heavy winds. So it pushed a lot of this uh, south. So I hope, um, you know, anybody that was in the path of this, man, get the hell out of the way. Nothing is worth, you know, trying to, uh, you know, fight it for yourself. I see Ginny me. Ginny me says uh, probably purposely lit. Yeah, I mean, look, eco terrorism is a, is an actual thing. You know, we saw the it, what happened in Canada last year around this time. So that is a real thing. All right, yeah. let's jump. In. Let's jump into this story here from Brisbane Times. Police service, health department bungled vaccine mandates. Judge finds now this took place in Queensland. Uh, the Supreme Court chimed in. They are the first Supreme Court apparently to chime in on this, according to the article. I, I, I think that our Supreme Court had something to say about vaccine mandates, didn't they? Uh, on the the OSHA mandates. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's what it was. I think, back well, in the this, day, I think. So this is a little uh, confusing to me because, and I w- I'll explain when we get to the end of this, but it says COVID-19 vaccine mandates for Queensland police and ambulance services were made unlawful, where workers were made unlawfully, said the state Supreme Court. Uh, jump down here. It says vote, both vaccine mandates were found to be found by the court to be unlawful and have no effect. The court also found the directions limited the human rights of workers because they were required to undergo a medical procedure without full consent, but it was reasonable in all the circumstances. Now, I don't know if that's lumping the whole phrase in together. You'll see what I mean when I read the comments from the state itself. It says businessman and former politician Clive Palmer said, quote, we can celebrate because this is the first precedent in the Western world where a trial has gone the full distance and the court has found a trampling of human rights. Health Minister Shannon Fentiman said the government was considering the court's decision, but the findings did not determine that COVID-19 vaccine mandates were contrary to the Human Rights Act. It says, quote, his honor did find the limit on people's human rights to have health care imposed on them without consent was justified because of the pandemic. No. I, I, I Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. You know, don't get me wrong. but So it is never justified or reasonable to give people poison without informed consent. And that's what's ha- that's what happened. They said there was a line in there that was without, um, it, you know, it said re- reasonable consent or complete consent or something up top that you read. Full consent. That there was no, there there was no informed consent. The 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 information that people consented to these vaccines was coercive and in many cases false. And so right. this, is, yeah. this is the line that I'm concerned with, where it says, "But it was reasonable in all the circumstances." It was right, and and that's that's what I say no to. It is not reasonable ever under any circumstances. I don't care that event two hundred one and the globalists told us that the pandemic was super deadly. The data, by the way, doesn't doesn't support that the the pandemic was super deadly. It supports that the vaccines were, and the pandemic is what they used to bring about the vaccine mandates, and the people in vaccine mandates were coerced into taking poison without informed consent. People should uh, be Nuremberg for this. Yeah, but I don't see what my, my point, though, is I don't understand what they're celebrating because it sounds like the court said that you can't force somebody to take a medical procedure, but in a pandemic, you can. 
is what yeah. it sounds like this was saying. And that's, I mean, that's the whole crux of the argument right there is that even in a pandemic, my rights do not suspend. You cannot right. suspend my rights just because you were able to create da data that shows that this might actually be the most deadly thing ever. And the only way to stop it is with masks and standing six feet apart. It was the most absurd logic that I, you could ever imagine. What should have been said is if you're- science. Well, what should have been said is if you feel like this is something, here's the data that we have. If you feel like this is a big threat, stay home, stay home. Oh, well, some of us couldn't stay home. Then I guess your life doesn't mean as much as you think it does, or the data doesn't scare you enough that you want to stay home. Like that's the bottom line. Oh, well, I had to go to work. No, you didn't. You either had to go to work or you had to live according to the data that you believed in. What you believe when they put those little death trackers up there, 600,000 people now dead from, you know, motorcycle accidents with COVID. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. I mean, yeah, you cannot coerce people into a medical experiment and that's what they did. That's why Nuremberg applies because a, a key part of, of the Nuremberg code is that medical experimentation cannot be done without consent, informed consent. People understand this is also happening with the gender stuff, right? These kids can't consent first of all, and they're definitely not being told what the long-term effects of sterilizing themselves and mutilating their genitals is. They're being given a, a faulty set of data upon which to consent, and they shouldn't be consenting anyway. Abortion, same thing, right? They find the, the, the statistics show that if a woman gets an ultrasound and sees the life inside of her and understands the full procedure of abortion, more often than not, she will decide not to do it. So what do they do? They hide that information from the woman. The entire medical establishment is engaging in coercion to get to, to drive their agenda, to, to increase their profits and to bring about societal change that they want. And in many cases, um, it's very criminal the way that they're doing that in terms of getting people to consent because they are lying to them. Yeah, I had a story up about a mismanagement of uh, like 40, I think it was like $40 billion in Medicare money that I'm going to probably cover tomorrow because I want to dig into this a little bit more. Um, but basically, you know, over the last five or six years, Medicare has been, you know, just basically handing money to these hospitals and there's no oversight as to how they spend it. And I couldn't help but think it started in 2019, I believe. And I couldn't help but think if this was the beginning to the payoff for their, uh, their, you know, following getting in line with, with what the CDC and the, and the, uh, um, uh, uh, NIAID were telling them about shutting down and everything else like that, you know, closing elective procedures, which is a huge, 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 huge chunk of a hospital's revenue. So I, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more, but, um, so, let's yeah, when you're, when you're digging into that, um, I, so I have, I have some data and some additional studies that can help, uh, contemporaneous back to the time. My, um, my best friend, the, my bestie, the lefty that I talk about, who's, you know, kind of radical leftist, but my best friend, she's a surgical robotics nurse, mostly cancer treatments and mostly, um, you know, preventative, uh, measures, elect, elective procedures, they're cancer treatments, but they're, they were not allowed during COVID. Those, those people were not allowed access to their cancer treatments during COVID so, to such a point where a lot of those nurses were basically just getting UBI. Mm. They were getting, the, the nurses were just getting paid to sit home while medical procedures were not happening. Yep. I, doctors, I imagine too, but I only was talking to the nurses. And then when all those people's cancers progressed so rapidly that, you know, they ended up dying way sooner than they should have died. Of course, they chalked that up to COVID. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's where you start getting the the slight increase in excess deaths where I think they said only like two thirds of the 
excess deaths or the COVID deaths, you know, they attributed, and this isn't, this isn't even what we're talking about people that died, but had COVID we're talking yeah. about all the COVID death or excuse me, all the deaths that they attributed to COVID only two thirds of them actually had COVID as a designator on the death certificate. So yeah, I got have you seen, you've seen the, um, the meme with, uh, uh, oh, what is his name? Michael J. Fox's character in Back to the Future and Doc. And he's like, Doc, what happened in 2020? And Doc's like, there was a cold and everyone turned into retards. Yeah. Um, and that that I think is, you know, it's it's a funny meme, but that is what happened. COVID didn't bring about these changes. COVID didn't bring about turbo cancers. COVID didn't bring about people not being able to get cancer treatment. Government policy did that. And it was government policy in response to a cold. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into uh, some clips from uh, I think it was two nights ago, I believe. And and I had a like I said, last night we watched uh, that movie and my wife had her her best friend and her fiance over. And, you know, we hung out, had pizza and watched the movie. And um, did your friends think you were crazy for making them watch Barbie with you last night? No, they were super excited. Like my my wife's best friend has like Disney tattoos like all over. What did Christy think of the film? Did she like it? We haven't talked about it yet. Okay. Uh, she wasn't impressed. I mean, she wasn't impressed, but she's not the kind of person that'll get into like a uh, a political or yeah. a, an ideological conversation about it. You know, she'll point them out on her own. But if me and her get into a conversation, you know, anything your husband does, you have to push back against like one of those kind of yeah. scenarios. So it's, fact. it's, uh, yeah, it's in the marriage contract. It is. It is. I, yeah. I saw it. It was under there. It was the, the I, I never read the disclaimers. You found that out there in the site. There you go. All right. So anyways, we, we actually talked about this Seth Meyers interview with Joe Biden. And uh, I, I just want to play this clip here and then talk a little bit about the BS propaganda that was uh, fake news. Right, right, right. You are fake news. All the fake news that came out in this interview. But check this clip out here. Voters, how do you address that concern going forward as you come up to the 2024 election? Well, a couple of things. Number one, you got to take a look at the other guy. He's about as old as I am, but he can't remember his wife's name. Yeah. And, uh, Number one. Number two. <laughs> That's absolutely false. We'll show you in a second. About how old your ideas are. Look, I mean, this is a guy who wants to take us back. He wants to take us back on Roe v. Wade. He wants to take us back on a whole range of issues that are 50, 60 years. They've been solid American positions. And um, and I really mean this sincerely. The, uh, I think it's about war, about the future. And everything, every single thing we've done, I think we've got some good things done. Everything, and we, they told us we couldn't Anyone. get them because things were so divided. And, uh, but I think everything, everything we've gotten done, he's just friendly stated he wants to do away with if he gets elected. And I really think his views on where to take America are older than, anyway, I know I get to <laughs> He does the anyway. Yeah, the, 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 Go ahead. The amount of times that Joe Biden publicly says, no, seriously, I really mean this. It's not a joke. No, seriously. That kind of behavior is the hallmark of a liar. Yeah. He, it's obvious that he is not being truthful. And he's, he's so underwater in his uh, approval ratings. The American people do not like his agenda. Everybody wants a return to the Trump economy. Just some people want it without Trump. Right. But everybody wants the I mean, anybody who's not a, a sociopath wants the American people to have, you know, a, a good life, to have access to food and health care and all of these things. And and he's put all of that in jeopardy. President Trump gave us a better 
kind of, you know, way of life, uh, ability to access the American dream, ability to build our own, uh, you know, our, our own pass forward, chart our own pass forward. President Trump talked about that a lot during his um, first term about how we're a nation of, of, you know, explorers and amazing innovators and all this kind of stuff. And people have been handcuffed and suppressed and stuffed down. And we're, we're going to unleash the American ingenuity, the, the American innovation. President Trump did that. Biden came in and immediately tried to undo all of it. Now everything sucks. And he's trying to tell us that we have to stick with progressive policies and that President Trump is old and taking us back to old ideas. And also, he, as somebody said in the chat, he can't tell the difference between his wife and his sister. So he needs to shut the hell up and go away. Well, so uh, Seth Meyers doubled down on this. And I don't know if this came before or after Joe, because I refuse to watch the whole entire thing. I would imagine this came before Joe, but he doubles down on this concept. And just wait, just wait, just wait. Former President Trump told supporters last week that former First Lady Melania Trump will soon be making more regular appearances on the campaign trail. Um... Not if she heard what you called her last week. I call up my wife, our great first lady. She was a great friend. People loved her. People love her. Oh, look at that. Wow. Mercedes, that's pretty good. I'm sorry. Mercedes? That was at CPAC, right? You had a nuclear meltdown when Biden messed up the president of Egypt and you can't remember your wife's name? (laughs) Guys, I hate to say it. His mind is slipping. I think he's too old to run. He is not funny. He's never been funny. He wasn't funny when he was on uh, Saturday Night Live. He's never been funny. But that's also, it's not, that's not, Mercedes Schlapp is the founder of CPAC. Yeah. So when you have Keith Olbermann coming out and saying, Trump spews out astonishing evidence of his dementia, brain trauma, and possible substance abuse on an hourly basis. There's no reason to add this list easily disproven nonsense he did not call his wife mercedes at cpac he is unmistakably referring to mercedes right. and melania no. wasn't there right she wasn't melania no. wasn't at cpac and he's obviously talking to so he's talking about the reaction to melania to mercedes to mercedes who was there because she's the founder of freaking cpac yeah they have nothing they have nothing over- and they have to this is very fine people kind of shit but Olbermann coming out and saying that it's astonishing evidence of dementia, brain trauma, and substance abuse. First and foremost, uh, nobody has ever called into question the fact that Trump has never done a drug and never had a sip of alcohol. Like he 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 touts that as like a, a you know an a achievement of his. So to, to throw substance abuse in there uh, is absolutely nuts. Unless of course he's referring to substance abuse as Diet Coke and Big Macs because he is guilty of that. So I don't know. But then we got this again. Folks, and Mercedes Schlapp also chimed in and said that, you know, fake news at its finest. But, oh, my goodness. I don't know if you saw this the other day, but Italy has doubled down, doubled down on their Joe Biden. I haven't. I saw the first one, but I haven't seen this one. I'm excited now. So let let me play and then we'll talk about this for a second, because there's only one reason you would double down on something like this. It got good ratings. Well, but hang on a second before you play it. It didn't, isn't Georgia Maloney either just here or going to be here soon? Uh, I'll I, look I, that up while it plays. I, I'm pretty sure she's doing a state visit soon. Biden, 
Buonasera. Dove va? Eh, Mr. President, eh, oh mamma No, non arriva la metropolitana perché non è la metro, it's not the subway, non è la metropolitana qui, no, no, no. What's your name? Con chi parla? Eh, Mr. President. Eh. My name is Joe Kennedy. No, Biden, lei è Biden, è Biden, ma con chi parla? Certo, prego. Ecco, se riesce, eh, if, you, if you can... No, 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 sta girando su... No, no, Mr. President, no, not turn... No, no, you have... Hello, my name is no, Joe ma Kennedy. <laughs> ha già salutato. Oh, but so, the ratings had to be good on the first one. In order for them to do it again, the ratings had to be pretty damn good on the first one. So the mask thing is really the bald mask thing that is going on in his head. I feel like that's a nod to the fact that Joe Biden is wearing a mask. But Georgia Maloney will be here on Friday for a state visit with Joe Biden and the first lady. So that's exciting because uh, I really I really hope that he asks her about his nation's uh, his nation's television coverage her nation's television coverage. Where's Jackie? Right. So uh, last night when I was watching, when I was when we were getting ready to watch the movie, uh, you know, my friend, my wife's friend brought up uh, this that Seth Meyers interview and was like, he actually sounded pretty cognitive and blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. And I brought up the Mercedes thing. And, you know, because she mentioned that and I was like, that's not that's fake news. I showed her what I showed you. But then I showed her this and I've showed this before. So I apologize, folks. There are drugs There are drugs that can make him perform for just a little bit, kind of like Viagra for the brain, so to speak. And it can make him perform for just a little bit. Case in point, this video right here, folks, from over a year ago, straight from the White House YouTube. Those who have served their time should qualify not only for Pell Grants to earn a degree, but get access to good jobs and training, affordable housing, food and medical benefits, All these steps will reduce crime and prevent crime from happening in the first place. And my Future American plan is part of my administration's relentless efforts to invest and empower black communities to be architects of their own future. <laughs> found so found course, the Pope in the White House. Yep, that's exactly what I said. That explains the baggie found in the White House right there. <laughs> oh, man. Folks, there are drugs that these guys can take to, uh, you know, to kind of get their performance up to where it needs to be uh, on the drug topic, though. Let's stay on that here for a second from Breitbart blood money. Biden family lawyer uh, Abe Lowell served as legal representative for members of Chinese criminal gang involved in drug trade. Now, this is a, a base name, Abe. Is it Abe or Abe? He pronounces it Abe. I watched a clip that he was talking on and he says Abe, but I, I was taught, I was told it was Abe. Looks like Abby to me, like Abby Normal, Abby Lowell. Ooh, a guy named Abby? How unfortunate. Like yeah. Abby's a cool I think name. We should call him Abby for the rest oh. of the story. Like Fanny? He'll be the Fanny. All right, we'll call him Abby for the rest of the story. Uh, Lowell, Lowell was a lead, Abby Lowell <laughs> was a legal representative for NG. I, I don't know how you say that. NG. Uh, when? I believe is is how you say NG in which is a Vietnamese name, uh, and I believe it's when. Oh, I thought NU was when. 
Oh, well, okay. Uh, Lap Sang, who is believed to be a member of the Shui Fong trial, triad, which is reportedly involved in international drug trade, Schweizer reports in blood money. The revelation is significant because Lowell's ties to an alleged member of a criminal gang involved in the drug trade provides a possibly embarrassing entanglement for President Biden in light of his administration's weak policy on fentanyl. Uh, from the book, it says, quote, Hunter Biden's attorney, Abby, Lowell is <laughs> has represented a variety of well-known American clients from New Jersey, including Senator Bob Menendez, or uh, clients from New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez to members of the Trump family. But he was also a legal representative for Wen Lapsang. Lowell also represented Quinn Fay, who is accused of being a Chinese intelligence officer, and Lum Davis, who pled guilty to illegally lobbying for the Chinese government. The problem is of conflicting personal ties when it comes to confronting China on fentanyl extends beyond the family members to members of his administration. And so does the silence. Then it goes on to say from the article, the Bidens have additional ties to China, including to Lowell, Hunter's Hollywood lawyer, Kevin Morris, still controls Hunter's 10% stake in BHR Partners, a multi-billion dollar fund with investments through the globe and close ties to the Bank of China, the state-owned bank in, in China. Joe Biden's international drug paid Drug trade policies have not effectively held China accountable for the supply of precursor chemicals used by drug cartels to manufacture fentanyl. I wonder why. According to officially released notes of the conversation he, Joe Biden, had with, his, with President Xi, he has not raised the subject with the Chinese president as of the writing of the book. In late 2022, the Biden administration named 22 countries as being transit points for drugs or producers of drugs. One country not on the list? China. In announcing his administration's drug strategy, Biden could only promise, quote, we will look to expand cooperation with China to disrupt the global flow of synthetic drugs and their precursor chemicals. Further, Biden's Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, Anthony Blinken, has made excuses for Beijing, absurdly arguing that some of the precursors arriving in Mexico from China have been shipped by accident. He cautiously added that mentioning precursor shipments from China was not, quote, about pointing fingers. Now this takes yeah. me back. Good. I, I just have to make a correction. Um, and EC pointed this out in the chat because uh, I just looked up the pronunciation and it's ung. Um, the when was uh, N G U Y E N. That's pronounced when, and that's what I was mixing up in my head. So I was, was going to say I thought when N G U Y E N was was when yeah. because I had a friend and I used to call him Nguyen, and then he told me one day he's like it's when, and I was like never knew that. Thank you yeah. for clarifying. Yeah, uh, so that was my that was my bad on the pronunciation, and thank you, EC, for the correction. How dare you screw up my pronouns? Um, I are your pronouns Vietnamese names? No, I was Cause just because I I will do my best to call you by Vietnamese named pronouns, but you can't get mad at me if I mess it up because it's really dumb. Well, so so this this story here takes me back to uh, the D Dong Shang. Uh, TED talk. It's not really a TED talk. It's the Chinese equivalent of a TED talk over there where he said China now has, you know, the, the favorable talk. People. Yeah, Xi talk. There you go. China now has the favorable people in uh, the White House. They, you know, the Biden administration was not favorable to them. And and here's an example of it. I I, I was shocked. And, and this is the main reason that I, I covered this article uh, after you know, Biden's discovery of the baggie of Coke last year when he was talking about the Nobel laureates. Um, is the fact that there's 22 countries that we have labeled as producers of or transit points of illegal drugs, the number one illegal drug, you know, that is that is uh, 
bringing hardship to the United States, death, death and, and addiction is fentanyl. And the number one producer of fentanyl is the cartels through aid from the Chinese, whether it's the chemicals themselves, the pill presses, whatever it might be. It's all. Hang on. If I can't, my sound went out. I'll be right back. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on Overstock Clearance. It was me. Check, check. I think it was actually on my end. You're muted now. You're muted. Oh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, it was on my end, I think. Because when I played the ad, it didn't work. Your sound is really weird for me. And yeah, the I think the guys in the chat, there's like a weird, you sound like you're inside of a tin can. Something uh, changed over. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, um, drugs are bad and the government is enabling drug trafficking through their uh, foreign relations with China. Are you there? Yes. No, it's still tinny. It's so weird. It's like it's like your use. It's like the mic, the um, mic on your laptop is picking you up instead of your mic. Okay, it switched. There over. it is. There it it is. switched. It, is. it switched over to my camera. I I don't know what the hell's going on with this soundboard. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our next sponsor, and then we'll we'll put this show back on the rails and get get everything back under control. I don't know what the heck is going on. It just all of a sudden started happening again with this damn roadcaster. All right. We got MyPillow.com. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. All right, MyPillow.com. Promo code Badlands. And you guys can stock up there on your washcloths. Uh, you're pouring that out yeah Did you, you know, get your topper yet the no not yet it has not come in yet uh she ordered it i think on monday i think or whatever so we have not gotten it yet trust me the first night i sleep on that thing you'll very know because excited. yeah very excited be, to find out how you guys love your topper because I, yeah, I i'll, I'll be a ray of sunshine i'll be a ray of sunshine all right let's go ahead and jump into our next story ladies and gentlemen joe biden 
Uh, if he doesn't run, a lot of people argue that Joe, Gavin Newsom would be his uh, replacement, but he's going to be facing a second recall now against California governor as uh, a recall has been uh, launched by Rescue California. It says on Monday morning, Rescue California served Governor Newsom with a notice of intent to recall reprising their role from the 2021 recall attempt. Rescue California, undeterred by the previous outcome, announced on Monday their plan to initiate the recall campaign against Newsom once more saying, quote, we filed this morning. We served the governor with a notice of intent. Uh, this is a preliminary element to the total process of recalling someone in office simultaneously. We then also filed with the secretary of state, said Ann Hyde Dunsmore, the campaign director for Rescue California. The decision was driven by a series of policy failures and fiscal mismanagement, culminating in a staggering $73 billion budget def deficit, as reported by the legislative analyst's office, a figure that has seen a rapid increase in just a matter of weeks. Uh, some of the highlights from their uh, campaign is uh, granting 700,000 illegal immigrants free health care at a cost of $3 billion annually to taxpayers while cutting vital programs for veterans, school children, disabled, and the homeless. Uh, of course, we know about the COVID stuff. I'm not going to go over that and rehash that, but you know, he absolutely destroyed uh, children in, in California by shutting down schools and uh, all that other stuff. But he also weakened public safety laws, creating an episode of smash and grab crimes, Violent assaults forced California to suffer under the highest taxes in the nation and the highest home prices outside of Hawaii. Uh, while he undermines Proposition 13, spends billions on government homeless programs that have repeatedly failed, and we've repeatedly covered them. You know, Chris Paul uh, talks all the time about a program that Joe Biden put in, or excuse me, Joe Biden, Gavin Newsom uh, implemented in California that that comes out to about 700, I, th I think he said $750,000 per homeless person and it has done nothing to help them. You literally could have bought them a small home in California. Anywhere else, you'd buy a mansion, a small home in California, and it did nothing to help them. Now, it does say the effort began with over 450 signatories across five counties, which exceeds the state regulation mandate of 325 signatures from at least five counties. The group has a tight, tight line to collect signatures, aiming to qualify for, uh, for the ballot before key political dates, such as the Democratic National Convention. So if Gavin Newsom does decide to run for president and throw his hat in the in the ring here, he's going to be facing a recall again in his own state. Now, I don't know if this is strategy or if, you know, it's going to be legit, but uh, very interesting. Well, we do know how recall votes are executed. Yep. The exact same way that the rest of the votes are executed. There was malfeasance during the initial recall um i have friends and family members that worked that recall friends and family that live in california and worked that recall there were all sorts of problems with it um gavin newsom will not be removed from office through any sort of election related wow. activity he, they, he, they have a no i think the one thing that may work for the people of california is that if he does go and throw his hat into the ring for president they have much greater cause to you know to 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 toss him out even though he he probably won't win i i don't think that he can win um the election he's he's you know that will bring us back to the french laundry and all of the um hypocrisy during covid uh, migrant policy border policy there's a whole bunch of things that are going to hang right around his neck if he is put um yeah diane brodine we won the last recall but newsom cheated his way out of it that's what i heard from uh you know from a lot of people that were working that recall and and so that you know that's that 
recall elections. So we've done the, we've done them a, a bunch here in in Colorado. The the rules change depending on which state you're in. Here it's recall and replace. So you can recall the governor or the secretary of state, but you have to replace them with somebody. Like you have, you know, it's a, it's a single motion where you're you're recalling and replacing, and it fails every time. Not not the least reason of which is that the people that you're trying to recall are the ones running the election. Correct. Well, yeah. and it's also very difficult to replace them or recall somebody and replace them on the same ballot. You have to have people yeah. agreeing on two separate issues. One is a 50 yeah. 50 yes or no. And the other one is a multiple choice candidate A, B, C or D. And that's that's a really uh, steep bar to to, yeah. uh, to to overcome. So I'm not sure I agree with Colorado on that. Agre but I agree with you. But hang on. Let me let me give you one more data point. When we were going to recall uh, Jenna Griswold, you know who they were going to replace her with? Pam Anderson. Just as bad. Just as bad. If not worse, because she can do it under the cloak of I'm which, a Republican. Which means grassroots people would be disincentivized from voting for the recall because the recall results in, you know, we said just as bad. Worse almost yeah. uh you know and so yeah it's it, it it's it's designed to make sure that it never succeeds yep 100 uh now the only one thing i will say is that california has gotten significantly uh worse i mean obviously they came out of covid since since the last recall they came out of covid so you know maybe there's some some not buyer remorse but what would the opposite of buyer remorse be buyer gr gr gratuitous uh, buyer gratuity they're happy about it now content buyer content there you go that's what it would be so maybe there's some buyer content now in california because they're out of out of the the covid lockdowns i don't think so personally but the immigration crisis the the spending the the shoplifting and looting you know defecating in the streets like all this stuff is real stuff that's going on over there my wife is uh going to california here uh to visit her brother that's living out there and i i told her i was like you see any of this stuff document it man send it send it back to me i want to i want to see yeah. But anyways, uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Fox News's meltdown over uh, alternative media, basically. I mean, that, there's no other way to put it here. So uh, this is going to be a clip here where they, they kind of rail on Steve Bannon just a little bit here. But let, let's play the clip first and then we can talk about it. Names here and so we can get ahead. And they're going to see the Biden T-shirts that were in his his first six months of his administration. And they're going to see clips like this. Well, I, I think both candidates have to realize this, that if uh, on the left, if uh, Joe Biden listens to the squad, he loses. Mm -hmm. And I think if Donald Trump listens to Matt Gates and Steve Bannon, he loses. They have to understand that most of the people are not on the extremes. And if you could understand that, <laughs> you would win. The first one to understand that and does what they think they should do and now with the extremists are bullying them to do is going to be successful oh tell us more about where most of the people are brian kilmeade you shill who's been wrong about everything as these people are literally getting annihilated in the ratings annihilated amazing i mean steve most bannon most of the people including the five thousand that are watching right now Steve, Steve Bannon, if Steve Bannon probably gets more viewerships, if you accumulate all of his platforms, you know, between iHeartRadio and Rumble and everything else, he probably gets more viewers than that, than that segment on Fox News, than that, that, you know, cut from Fox News or that show in particular. Uh, I don't know, you know about Bongino, that specific show, but I'm going to pull the um, morning show ratings and we can actually look at how many 
Go, keep going. Uh, I'll pull it in a minute in, in terms of how many ratings they're getting, because I, I guarantee you're correct. And Steve Bannon is getting more viewers than Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys are now. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the alternative platforms, Bongino on Rumble is getting 600 some odd thousand views. You know, every single show, he's getting 130,000 live consecutive viewers on Rumble alone. And he's still got, you know, other platforms as well. So when they sit there and say and 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 by the same token, I'm going to be perfectly fair here by the same token on the left. The squad is infinitely more popular than the Nancy Pelosi's and the Jamie Raskins and the Adam Schiff's and Eric Swalwell's. You know, Matt Gates is wildly more popular than the Kevin McCarthy's and the the Mitch McConnell's and the, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham's. I mean, Lindsey Graham getting booed off. You know, this is insane. These people are really insane. They don't understand what is happening and they don't understand that if they don't get their shit together, they're going to be the losers. I saw somebody say... Uh, Precise says, Bongino, really? Yeah, he's getting 130,000 live viewers on Rumble. Unfortunately, his show overlaps with ours. So, uh, you know, I, we probably would get more if we were on and didn't yeah. uh, run consecutive with him. But yeah, it's 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 huge what's what's going on with alternative media and Fox News just doesn't understand it. And that's where the parties are going, unfortunately, for the left and, and fortunately for the right, because, you know, uh, the, the Matt Gates. Steve Bannon, and I know I know John and everybody have talked about this on DPH, the populist movement in this country. And, you know, populism is not a definition of a political ideology. It is a movement of of people. There are conservative populists. There are liberal populists. And, uh, you know, that's where the squad, maybe the squad and, and Matt Gates and Steve Bannon, you know, th those are the directions that they go. So did you find so those numbers? Yeah, so uh, this is at the end of the year. It's looking at the the annual um, performance of Fox and Friends. Uh, start of the sentence. Network has largest largest share of the audience is Fox uh, in total day and prime time, capturing nearly half of the cable news landscape. Um, and on the twenty four hour total day, Fox News averaged one point two million viewers. It's not that's it's not a lot of viewers in a country of three hundred thirty million people. Um, and in their demo, in their demographic, which is 20, 25 to 54, that's the people they're targeting. That's where their advertisers are targeting in the 25 to, to 54 demo, uh, 150,000 viewers. <laughs> they're getting um, annihilated. And this isn't some like disparaging Fox news, uh, you know, article and putting it in the chat. It is, uh, their own press release. Wow. They are getting absolutely annihilated. All right, let's go. It's, ahead and not, it's not just them. It's the entire establishment of, of cable news. That's the thing is these numbers are going down and they're still ranking, right? So when we look at Adweek or TV Newser, which is part of Adweek, and they show the ratings, they're showing us the percentages and they're showing how Fox and, and um, CNN and MSNBC are all battling each other. What they're not telling you in that story is that the overall share of total viewers has plummeted since Trump left office because people don't trust the news anymore and nobody in the news wants to admit that. But guess what? It's true. Yeah. I, I mean, they're good. And, and like you said, that's Fox and Fox is, uh, you know, a, a huge, huge, I mean, their, their lead over the other platforms is, is significant. So, uh, mm -hmm. Hey, that's telling their lead over the other platforms is significant in the five 
and in Fox and Friends in the morning. In cable news, it's a the primetime evening news. It's a wash since Tucker left. Really, MSNBC, even Jesse Waters. Yes, they were they were dominant for so long, and now it's not consistently. You know, it's not that MSNBC has taken over them entirely, but in those certain time slots, the five is their best show. The mm. five is Fox's best show. It comes on at five o'clock. People are still at work. The yeah. evening news show, which used to be their best show, Tucker, when he would he was averaging three to four million viewers per night, they can't make those numbers anymore. And now MSNBC is competitive with Fox in evening news. That that's unheard of since Fox News was launched, but that's happening. And they're still ranking each other. It's like, you know, now it's not 4 million people, it's 1 million people, but oh my gosh, aren't we so great because we got more views than MSNBC. The entire industry is tanking. Well, one, sooner or later, these these commercial, uh, you know, corporations, they need to learn that you're not going to survive just advertising on those platforms. You need to get into this alternative media uh, environment atmosphere where, uh, and we have people that are more, uh, you know, I don't want to say loyal because that kind of sounds uh, a little cultish, but more intrigued by the the people that are, uh, you know, sponsoring these platforms because they're taking a chance on the America first, uh, you know, kind of agenda that the populist agenda that's being put out there. And there's a lot of truth in the news here compared to the propaganda that you get over there. You know, yesterday I was talking about the New York Times article with the CIA and I, you know, I, I brought up that, you know, last month, they voted down the the COVID, uh, or excuse me, the COVID funding, the Ukraine funding, and uh, New York Times a month later, a little less than a month, puts out this article about the CIA. That CIA article is a rerun from the last time they shot down COVID funding, which Washington Post put out the article then back in October of 2023, and uh, they put the article out after they pulled it from the continuing resolution bill, which we're about to face again here. I, I think next week, right? I think next week is when the bill. I thought Friday is the deadline. Is it this I Friday? Wrong on that, but I thought, yeah, that's what the, the, well, Biden and Johnson met twice yesterday, and I think Friday is the deadline. Well, either way, you know, I thought that that might have been a, a case right there. You know that that this is what's going on, and then you know I was looking on um, on Twitter, and I'll just share this real quick, guys. I'm going off off script a little bit here, but uh, Joe Biden going is off now script, Mr. Vice President. <laughs> Joe Biden has now put out three tweets in the last uh, day and a half talking about COVID, uh, excuse me, why do I keep saying COVID? About Ukraine, because it's, oh, it's all bullshit funding, that's why. About Ukraine funding. Same thing here, 17 hours ago he put one out, and this was yesterday that I tweeted this, 18 hours that he put one out, and then February 26th. So I, I do think there is a correlation here. I think that these CIA articles that we're seeing from the mockingbird outlets like Washington Post and New York Times are coming directly from sources inside of Ukraine who are kind of giving that shot over the bow to our Congress and, and the leaders over here that, hey, we have the dirt on you. We haven't even begun to you know, put this out there. If, if, if the CIA meddling in Ukraine affairs and spying on Russia from Ukraine is what they're telling us as a shot over the bow, what's really going on over there? You know, and so, yeah, I think... I, I think now more than ever, we need to stay hard on Congress not to fund Ukraine and tell Ukraine, you want to come clean? Hey, we'll help you settle this war and we'll help you rebuild. But we're not going to fund this war any longer because this war is getting really close to World War Three. And I know that's not I'm not I'm not trying to fear monger you guys. No, it is. It is when you have. Stolen no, no, I was going to say, yeah. I feel like I feel like we're already there. Like the so the this past um, I think you guys covered it either t yesterday or Monday. But the um, NATO chief 
saying Ukraine is definitely going to join NATO. It's just a matter of when. They, I, they want World War III. They're, to, they're doing everything that they can to escalate to World War III. I don't think you're being hyperbolic at all. That's all I was going to yeah. say. Okay, I thought you were going to say, no, you're fear-mongering. Because when Stoltenberg, that was the one that, when he said that Ukraine will be a member of NATO, that was my sign that yeah. that's yeah. their No, I, I agree with you 100%. The only places where I think you're fear-mongering is as it relates to AI. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have an AI story for you today, too. All right, but let's jump into this story here from CBS News. CBS News projects Trump wins Michigan GOP primary. Oh, yeah, that went on yesterday, guys. There was a GOP <laughs> primary in Michigan yesterday. There's also a caucus in Michigan. Um, you and I were on the air for four hours and didn't even mention it because both of us forgot there was a primary going No, on. I knew. I just, it wasn't. I so, forgot. I will so, admit that I forgot. I was sucked into Fanny's vortex. Michigan also does the same kind of thing as Nevada, but not the same kind of thing as Nevada. They have a primary and a caucus, but in, in Michigan, there's two separate days and each one actually does award delegates. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. Maybe you can look that up while I read through this. I think one is like 17 delegates and the other one's like 62 delegates or something like that. So Maybe if you could look that up for me real quick gotcha. while I jump through this. Okay, so CBS News projects Trump wins Michigan GOP primary. Biden wins Democrat primary. President Donald Trump will win the primary in Michigan with 62% of the vote counted. This was last night. Uh, was it last night or was it today? No, it was actually this morning. Uh, with 62% of the vote counted. Man. <sighs> Trump uh, led with 67% with uh, – Nikki Haley at 27%, fresh off her defeat in the home state of South Carolina. With 85% of the vote counted, Joe Biden has 81% of the vote. He ran against nobody, Dean Phillips, okay? Uh, while he did not have any challengers, there was an effort launched by Arab and Muslim Americans to vote uncommitted in the primary as a protest of his policy towards Israel. With 85% of the vote reported, the uncommitted had passed the 100 thousand vote mark with 101,000 votes or 13%. If uncommitted receives more than 15% of the vote, then the delegates who are not bound to any candidate could attend the convention. That's so th pretty interesting. Well, it's very interesting. And it's all so also because this is Rashida Tlaib's big push is for everybody in Michigan to vote uncommitted. And the reason that she stated she wants everyone to vote uncommitted is to show the party the size of their block, to show the party that the people that are standing with her and standing with Palestine are outcome determinative for the Democrats and they need to be taken seriously. I disagree with her messaging, but that's I, it's a smart play from a political standpoint to do what she did. And it sounds like, uh, it was successful in terms of proving that point that they will be if they if if Biden continues to straddle the fence as it pertains to Israel and Palestine and not come out hard for the Palestinians, Rashida Tlaib can take her ball and go home. And uh, that might be devastating to Biden. If you pull up the um, screen I shared that that's your delegate split. Okay, there it is. It says for Republicans a week later, the state party will hold its convention where a caucus will award most delegates. The primary will results will dictate 16 delegates while the caucus will figure out how the remaining 39 delegates are awarded. Only elected GOP precinct delegates and state lawmakers will be able to vote during the caucus. The state's 13 congressional districts will meet separately at the convention to award three delegates each. So there you go. So there is a little uh, it, it's it's really weird. Like we we. You know, I, I personally think that primaries should all be caucuses. Um, yeah, I, I and I think 
all, you know, you know where I stand on voting. I think we need to separate federal, state, and local elections. And if that's the case, you could literally caucus uh, in the in the general election. You could caucus. Uh, do you really want to put Biden and Trump voters in the same room in this in this political environment, Republicans and Democrats in the same room and say, you go to that side of the room, you go to that side of the room or I, I don't know. I don't so think you we do also here in Colorado have a primary and a caucus. Um, so our our people in the so for OK, first of all, we have the petition so anybody can get on the ballot by petitioning and gathering enough signatures, re, you know, regardless of whether you're actually a. Republican. I mean, you have to be registered as a Republican, but engaged with the party, active in the grassroots, none of that stuff matters. Um, so the primary is presidential preference here in Colorado. So none of the Republican candidates downstream are, you know, like the, the primaries for my congressional district, for example, none of that is, is on the primary ballot. It's just the presidential preference. Um, the caucus, the outcome of, or sorry, the assembly, the outcome of the assembly is to award the delegates of Colorado. So the the voters that go, which is just like, you know, any any assembly off of caucus, those people are determined in the caucuses, which are, you know, begin shortly, soon. The um, I think it's April 6th is the assembly, the state assembly. So all of our GOP uh, shenanigans to identify who goes to the assembly, that all um, happens between now and April 6th. And then on April 6th, after the primary, because we're Super Tuesday primary, where there is a data point of here's where Republican voters were in the primary in Colorado, doesn't award any delegates, the, the Colorado primary. Uh, but it tells the party, here's where the broader public is with your candidates that are laid out. Then all of those delegates who, again, are, are awarded at the assembly, but the people who get to make those votes are decided at caucus, which is you know, local. It's that you, you're you're going from your precinct up through your you know your your different legislative districts up through, and it rolls upward. I do think that that's the right way to do it. The problem that we have here is that the um you know this is only the second statewide primary that we've ever had to determine candidates, and it's kind of been force fit. Like this party stuff is crazy. You can't do this. You have to do a primary. So the party is trying to work through how to make the statewide primary fit with what they do from a caucusing standpoint to determine their candidates and in a presidential election year to determine the candidate for Colorado. Um, but what's so, you know, just funny about it is that they're they're now trying to get rid of this entire process and bring about uh, you can only petition on. And then you have jungle primary where you have all of the parties on one primary ballot. And then the general, you have ranked choice voting. They're blowing up the system that they once called the gold standard. They're, I mean, they're, and that's that's their plan to do all over the place. I mean, you're seeing these same concepts being uh, applied all over the place. Uh, let's jump into this story here from the AP. Here's, here's how Trump won in South Carolina and what it could mean for his chances in November. And I just want to read some of these numbers that they came up with in their little AP vote cast exit poll. About six in, in 10 South Carolina voters consider themselves supporters of Make America Great Again. Nine in 10 of the Trump voters said that they were driven by their support for him, not by objections to his opponent. Interesting. About half were motivated by supporting her, meaning Nikki Haley, but nearly as many turned out to oppose Trump. Okay, so you got 50-50. Okay, fair enough. We expected that. Here's where it gets interesting. Trump's voters also backed his more nationalist views. They are more likely than Haley supporters to have lu lukewarm views of the NATO alliance or even consider it bad for the U.S. 
uh, to say immigrants are hurting the country and to say immigration is the top issue facing the country. Now, that's crazy because that is the sentiment across the both political parties right now, with over 50% saying immigration is a top issue and Ukraine funding is a top issue. It goes on to say Haley dominated among South Carolina voters who said that Joe Bi Democrat Joe Biden won the 2020 presidential election. Roughly three quarters of her supporters say that Biden was legitimately elected in 2020. And here's the mind blowing part. Four in 10 of her, Nikki Haley's voters voted for Joe Biden in the election, in the 2020 election. So Haley is getting 40% support among Joe Biden voters. Now that's important for one reason. How many of those voters are crossover voters, Democrats who intend to vote for Joe Biden in the general election, so they came over to vote for Haley because he's unopposed? But more importantly, how many of those are disenfranchised Democrats who can't vote for Joe Biden? And what does that mean? They're either going to vote for Trump, they're going to vote for another candidate, or they're going to stay home. And so that's a really important number to me. And these are exit polls. So I know, oh, KenCon's talking about polls again. Yes, I am. Uh, get over it. But that, that's a really important number. How many of the 40% that voted for Haley are going with Biden in 2024 or with somebody else, Trump, or staying home? Big numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think that the as far in terms of a base of Haley support, right, who comprises her base of support, I think it's never Trumpers and neocons. I think everybody else has read the writing on the wall and has to try. I was talking to a lefty journalist yesterday and he's like i don't understand why nikki haley is in. he's like i wish she could win i hate trump i don't want anything to do with him but he's like it makes no sense especially after the Koch brothers pulled out right because that's the second massive donor that she's lost she lost reed hoffman uh after i want to say new hampshire or iowa after one of those two um new and hampshire. then now new hampshire right and that and now she's lost the um the Koch brothers and so it's a question of why is she still in? Most people think she's waiting in case something happens to Trump. But then those same people, and again, I'm talking about lefties, uh, those same people will, you know, not probably not in public, but quietly behind the scenes, admit that there's no path for Trump going to prison. Right. There's no there's no case. None of these cases. Oh, my God. Ninety one indictments across all these different cases, et cetera, et cetera. The people are smart enough to tune in. And, um, you know, the majority like it's it's becoming pretty obvious that none of these allegations, the, the biggest things that could get him put in prison, which would potentially be disqualifying for him. Those things are silly. Right. That's Jack Smith. It's it's Fannie Willis's case. Those things don't there, there's no path for that outcome for them. So then you're looking at like potential misdemeanor type stuff, which would not disqualify him in any way. So it's I mean, I, honestly, I think she's still in the race for money laundering. Let's uh, I, we just got we're going to transition over here to immigration and we just got breaking news. I don't know if you see that at the bottom. Ash. Breaking news. Brian is transitioning. Go ahead. Oh, geez. That escalated quickly. Fortunately, I have a <laughs> mute button right there. Tyler Bobert, son of Congresswoman, arrested on trespass charges and theft charges. So there's that. Okay, I'll unmute you. Oh, oh Boberts. <sighs> All right. So, so reminder that Lauren Bobert is um is running to be my congresswoman in CD four. She's from CD three. She's the current congresswoman for CD three, but she doesn't think that she's can win there, and um she feels entitled to a congressional seat. So she's coming over into the race in my district, which has like twelve can. I mean, it's probably not still twelve, but a lot of candidates because it makes a whole bunch of sense that um she should be able to switch districts just because she feels entitled to a seat 
Well, I mean, she would probably lose to that guy with rigged elections and on her policy <laughs> uh, from CBS cuts to Denver, Denver parks and recreation s- services begin Tuesday with reduced hours. Not much we're going to talk about on this. I kind of want to just use this as like a, a, an idea of what these sanctuary cities are doing. Last week, we talked about Massachusetts using a, a, a signing a $10 million uh, exclusive no bid contract with a, a, a fine Italian restaurant out there in Boston. Well, now you have this, they're, they're cutting back hours of of state employees or excuse me city and county employees uh that instead of laying them off they're just telling them you don't have any hours this week so stay home you're not fired you're not laid off this isn't going to look bad on the numbers but we don't have any work for you so stay home they're, they're shutting services down from seven days a week down to six days a week and other ones they're cutting the hours back and all that and then you just yeah, jump and- good so the 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 fact check on this will be no they didn't lay off employees in denver and then you know the paragraph six detail is yeah you still have your jobs but we're not going to pay you anymore because we're really empathetic about migrants well then so we jump over here to the colorado gazette uh, a story that i covered a while back but i just want to highlight this part right here Thirty-six thousand illegal immigrants arrived Last year in Denver, it's more per capita than any other interior U.S. city. Denver will spend $180 million or 10% of its annual budget giving illegal immigrants housing, food, and other services, but its funds may not suffice to prevent collapse of Denver health, where 8,000 illegal aliens had 20,000 free hospital visits at a cost of $136 million. Uh, And this is, you know, this is all... Denver still remains a proud sanctuary city status, despite how it got a man killed in 2017 and those and drawing those who arrive illegally. Now, I want to stay on that uh, sanctuary city. Well, actually, we'll come back to the sanctuary city city status thing in just a second. From the Daily Mail, majority of Americans want a border wall for the first time in history. More than six in 10 demand a barrier with Mexico and 80% say the migrant crisis is a serious problem. This is a a Monmouth poll, once again, another poll, but this is a poll that's going to shape the narrative. I know, this is a narrative shaping poll, folks. Whether you believe in polls or not, this is what the public is seeing, and this is what is driving the narrative. And this is telling you that the narrative is in our favor. It says Monmouth poll released on Monday shows 53% of Americans now support building a wall on the southern border. A 2019 poll showed only 42% of supporting that idea. 86% of Republicans support the wall. 58% of independents support it, but only 17% of Democrats. It also, the poll also shows that 84% of voters, meaning both parties, see illegal immigration as a very serious or somewhat serious issue. 80 four percent yeah okay this is that's great this is, this is narrative do, driving do we know what it was before uh yeah hold on uh yeah it says the issue polls uh 15 points higher among democrats and independents as it did in 2019 and 14 points higher among republicans 61 percent of americans now say that migrants seeking political asylum should be made to stay in mexico while their claims are processed Five years ago, only five years ago, only 41% said that. Now I've said this many, many times, and I cannot stress this enough. You guys all know this. You guys are educated. You guys listen and actually read the details and the fine notes and everything else. 
The only thing that Joe Biden has to do to curtail this immigration crisis is reinstitute the remain in Mexico policy and stop telling them that we are going to give asylum for things that are not asylum. You don't come to like, I, I think it was It might have been you, Ash, that said this. When you're seeking asylum, you go to the country next to you. You don't travel six countries north or across an ocean and pick and choose where you go. Asylum is meant because you are an imminent threat to your, your life, your family, your health, your safety, whatever it may be, and you get the hell out. You don't get on a plane and fly across the pond and pick and choose where you go. Yeah, so I don't think it was me that said that. I think it was uh, the... Gordon, the, I think. Might have been Gordon. Well, I, w I was going to say it's it's the the law. <laughs> That's the, the The international treatises and whatnot that govern refugee and, uh, you know, r matters of refugees is that you do have to go to the country at first. We've had a problem with people actually doing that um, because they want to come to America. Why? Because, uh, it's great here. And, um, the government will give you all of these services, even if they have to take from their own people, literally take their hours, literally take their property property. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, you know, th that's why people want to come to America and don't want to stop in, you know, Mexico or Belize or Honduras or wherever, because they, they want, they want to be here. Um, unfortunately we're full. And we don't have any more room. And this is becoming a very real problem. Uh, Lake and Riley, for example, uh, and many other there, you know, there, there's many other instances of migrant crime, particularly violent crime, and particularly after they have been processed and released multiple times. At what point do we hold these people? And I mean the 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 government the governing people, the bureaucrats and the elected officials who will have a statutory authority overseeing part of this this situation, right? Denver Mayor um Mike Johnson, who has been, you know, absolutely steamrolled, rightfully so, in the press, he is attempting to do something. Now, it, he, he's attempting to do terrible things based on terrible policy, and he has the crisis because of his policies to begin with. I'm not excusing him, but he is at least attempting to do something about it. Whereas across the rest of Colorado, they're like, yeah, don't make your problem our problem. And I get that. I don't want the, I, I don't want my you know, adorable little small town to be overrun with migrants. I don't want to be in my home could be in concern that somebody's, you know, going to be in my yard that I'm going to have to take defensive action against. These are things that are real for people in Denver. These are concerns that are real for people in Denver. I don't want that to come to my community, but I also think we're at, we're, we're reaching a, a, a tipping point, a real unsustainable situation with what's going on in Denver because no, like everybody, everybody, all of the lefties in Colorado praised Mike Johnson and praised the Denver, the prior Denver mayor, for making Denver a sanctuary city. It's so virtuous. We're so empathetic. We're so great that we are not going to turn away these people like those evil border towns, those evil border towns that say that they don't have the infrastructure or the resources to deal with this problem. We're so much more empathetic. We're so much more virtuous than they are. All of the lefties in Colorado said that at the time that it was declared a sanctuary city. Now that it's time to actually deal with the problem that that caused, they're all like, don't make your crisis my crisis. The Boulder, where the, the elected officials that create these policies, most of them live in freaking Boulder. 
they will not make the crisis their crisis. This, I, I mean, that's a problem with all the sanctuary cities. Johnson in in Chicago, you know, obviously um, uh, Adams in 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 uh, New York City. Uh, the I, I can't even remember the woman Wu, I think, in in Boston. It's 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 something that's going on in all the cities. I want to stay on this on on this, and we'll talk about sanctuary cities a little more in depth because it something came up on sanctuary cities with the Denver story earlier. I'll bring that back up here in a second, but N wokeness put this out on, 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 uh, on Twitter said Venezuela has its lowest homicide rate in 22 years because their gangs are coming here. Yeah. And it says here from Bloomberg and we'll just read these highlights right here. Venezuela's violent deaths fall to 2022, uh, 2020 year low on migration. It says Venezuela's rate of violent deaths dropped to its lowest level in more than two decades following years of massive migration as both criminals and victims fled the nation's economic crisis. The Venezuelan Violence Observatory registered 26.8 violent deaths per 100,000 inhabitants this year from a rate of 35.3 for every 100,000 in 2022. Robert Bersenio Leon, director of observatory, said in a webcast Thursday, that is the lowest since 2001 and is one-third of what it is, what it was in 2016. Now, the reason I bring this up, and here's my transition, Elon Musk, Musk responded to this, retweeted it, and said the ability to discard your identification documents from any country, walk across the southern border, and claim asylum has turned America into a refuge for the world's worst criminals. Yep. Now, this is something that's hotly contested right now in the media because they're going back on this uh, what Trump said about they're sending our worst and, you know, they're, they're sending their worst and all that stuff. MSNBC, after the South Carolina primary, said, hit Trump on that once again and said, oh, he's regurgitating the lie that they're sending their worst. They are sending their worst. They're not not every single person that comes across is is is, you know, as described. But here's Eric. They're all Adams. criminals if they enter the country illegally. They're either criminals or victims. Oh, they're either yeah. breaking the law to get here or they're being trafficked in here. There is no in between. Agreed. Agreed. But at the same token, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna compare the levels of crime with crossing the border and being a murderer. Now, granted, granted, I understand crime is crime and send them back. I'm hundred percent on board with that. But Trump is explicitly talking about criminals prior to crossing the border. So, yeah, you know, my point, Brian, though, is that you can't make that distinction among people who ditch their records before they come over. Exactly. And that's what we're going to get into right here. So before we get into that, uh, this was a clip from Eric Adams in New York City talking about little old Athens, Georgia, where Lake and Riley uh, was was murdered by an illegal immigrant. Go ahead. You look like you're dying to say something is not Eric Adams. His name is Brian Fellows. Go ahead. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Can you raise his volume at all? I'll summarize. Okay, so I know it's really difficult to hear that, folks. So, so Eric Adams starts out by saying that um, the the they these migrants in in New York City need to be given permission to work. I don't agree with that, but. That's what he's saying. And then he immediately chimes in and says, but if you're arrested on a felony or committing a crime, 
you need to go back. You need to be deported. You need to get out of here. But he says right now, they're not able to because they're considered a sanctuary state, the whole state of New York. And they're not allowed to basically push that information off to, um, uh, to the federal government. And so that brings this up right here. And I, I looked this up just real quick. Governor Cuomo signs executive order prohibiting state agencies from inquiring about immigration status. Now, Ash, why do you think that that really just blows my mind the way that that's worded? What do you think that is going to do? Um, did they take that line in, in crafting his executive order? Did he consult Eric states? Because that's actually part of their policy. And that's why we get along, Ash. This <laughs> is automatic voter registration. This is exactly what we talk about. Elon Musk has chimed on it now since then. This is why illegal immigrants, they might not vote, but they get a ballot cast in their name by somebody that picks up their universal mail-in ballot that is automatically sent to probably the immigration facility. Folks, you guys want to get crazy in the in the 2024 election? Start monitoring these immigration facilities and how many ballots come into these immigration mm -hmm. facilities in 2024 where people are registered. Or we got to find stash houses. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, NGO-owned stash houses that'll be mailed to because it'd be a little obvious if a post office worker was picking up mail uh, from the, from these immigration facilities, these nonprofits like the Casio Casa Alitos. Alito, I was just going to mention that. Did you see Rachel Campos Duffy's? Uh, yeah, video? you know, I, I mean, great, you were there. That's like a month old news from James O'Keefe, and then and then from the two congressmen that went to the same exact place. Well, as far as we were able to see, I think James O'Keefe had a journalist inside, but we didn't see the level of detail that we saw with Rachel Campos Duffy. And those two congressmen de-escalated and said, look, we don't want to cause any problems. We're going to come back here the next time we're not in D.C., which was, I think, a slap in the face when you're looking at a human trafficking operation. I think she's gone farther. And I think that what yeah. she did was great. And I think that we need that all over the country. We need to find out where these these um, human trafficking processing centers that are run by NGOs, Catholic Charities is a big one of them, that are running this, which is a human trafficking operation. They are completing the U.S. federal government in funding the NGOs is completing the final leg of the trafficking journey, which for the cartels is the most dangerous part of the journey because they're moving people on the in, in the interior of the U.S. That's the hardest part for the cartels. And what have they done? They've outsourced it to the federal yep. government and the NGOs. Yep, 100%. Um yeah, she she did a good job. She took it a step further. And 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 there's two types. Once something's been exposed, you know, I what I would have liked to have seen is go to another location because they're all over the place. Expose another one and expose another one and expose another one. That's great but idea. you know, she she did she did go in and and take it a step further and that's that's good because, you know, like you said, the congressman and and you know, I wrote an article about those two and I and I and I I gave them kudos for what they did. But if they don't have this uh, hearing like they said they were going to do and they don't subpoena yeah. these organizations, then they failed us miserably. And it's been a couple of weeks now, and I don't think I've seen yeah. uh, any any hearings mentioned yet. Now, to be fair, I have not looked. So, <laughs> we'll, so see. well, here I, I look. I look at the hearings at the beginning of every week because I mark them down in case we want to do any Badlands live coverage. They haven't 
they don't have a, a, a field hearing scheduled in Arizona. I can tell you okay. that as of for, for you know as of right now, no, they don't they don't project their schedules way far into in advance, right? You get it. The reason I do it weekly is because it generally happens weekly. The Senate is a little bit more further. Uh, they plan a little bit more out, um, but the House does not. But here's the thing: with what was first exposed by James O'Keefe. Then these two congressmen go over there to find more information. Then, you know, Rachel Campo Stuffy gets on the inside and we see some more details and information on the inside of that thing. If those two congressmen do, I mean, honestly, even if they just have a hearing, if nothing comes from this that gives the American people, a, you know, greater confidence and understanding that we're that, that the people in charge are taking the border, seri- uh, border issue seriously, that's a publicity stunt. What Tiffany and LaMalfa did is a publicity stunt. Right now, it looks like a uh, publicity stunt to me. I'm struggling with saying publicity. It's like you trying to say anonymity. Or me trying to say Ukraine funding. No, say anonymity. Just say it once for me. It's my favorite when you try to say anonymity. 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 An anemone. Where do you live? I live in an anemone. I'm not telling you where I live. I'm protecting my anonymity. Oh, there you go. Well, I was going with Finding Nemo reference right there. Um, Trump woman says 501c3s need to go. I I don't agree with that entirely. Um, but government funded 501c3s absolutely need to go. Uh, you should not be receiving government funding. And second, uh, I think there needs to be far more transparency with 501c3s. If you're going to be able to subvert, um, uh, you know, paying uh, taxes and you're going to be able to get involved in the public sphere, then I, I think there needs to be some oversight. Um, you know, too many of these don't publish. What is it? Their form 449s or is it 499s? Whatever it is, they don't publish their their financial disclosure forms like they're supposed to. And, uh, and even then they're confusing as hell, you know, just, just give us a list of, I'm with with the listener. I think we need to get rid of the majority of 501c3 and 501c4s. I I would be fine with abolishing them and then putting something in its place that takes into account the learnings of what that status has allowed. Because when you look at what that status has allowed, and the level of manipulation, the level to which the government is using non-governmental organizations to get around their constitutional limitations, we're we we are so far outside of the framers' intent of uh you know of of, of how the federal government the, the age of public-private partnerships has proved that we need some real strong barriers in between um, public and private. In my view. Form 990. Thank you. I don't know why I was in f- the 400s. Uh, and I'm not even trying that word nuke. Um, I, what I will say, I, I, you know, I, I chair up a 501c3 down here. None of us take a, a penny in salary. Um, and we wouldn't be able to operate without the tax exemptions and some of the tax benefits that we get. We don't take, we do get some grants every once in a while. It's a veteran nonprofit dealing with veteran suicide and PTSD uh, awareness. So, um, you know, we don't get a whole lot of funding from from the government, but we do uh, benefit from the taxes and everything else like that. But what I'm saying is not every 501c3 is out there trying to register every single person to vote and trying to subvert our elections and trying to, uh, you know, bring gender transition studies to Pakistan and all that other stuff, which anytime you see that is essentially the State Department funding a CIA clandestine operation in that particular location. Well, that's exactly it. And the word is phenomenimity. Um, But 
that that that's exactly my point is not that ngos need to go away but that the regulatory landscape around ngos needs to better govern the relationship between the government and these entities because right now they're operating as an arm of the government without any of the oversight that comes with that yeah uh no it's not related to 22 kill it's called the live to tell foundation the lance corporal janos v lutz live to tell foundation uh we had the the founder who lost both of her sons to suicide one was a vet and the other one was not lost both of her sons to suicide um as a ripple effect from that so uh, he was a marine that the first son was a marine that served in marja and in second battalion eighth marines good guy um and uh went through some shit over there. But anyways, from ABC News, Harris says White House backs three days of action on voting rights as she meets with advocates. Uh, this is all part of the, the plan here. If the NGOs can't get it done, let's just weaponize the federal government to do it for them because the, the money's not coming in from Ukraine, guys. So let's just use the federal government, right? For the second time, Harris organized uh, convened organizers described as being on the front lines of protecting voting rights and registering communities to vote. The vice president and approximately few dozen leaders met in a closed door roundtable discussion. Uh, Harris said, quote, we have seen a rise in threats against poll workers. In fact, I met some recently in Georgia who had a harrowing experience in terms of how they were threatened, their well-beings, their livelihood. I'm pretty sure we could probably guess who she met in Georgia. And uh, recently, I wonder who else she met with recently in Georgia. <clears throat> Rhymes with take a load off Fanny. There you go. I was going to be a little more subtle, but uh, in her White House meeting, Harris laid out a four point plan that the administration will initiate to try to bolster voters rights. There is nothing about bolstering voter rights in any of this, folks. This is all about bolstering voter turnout. And by turnout, I mean registrations so that they have fuel in that fuel tank. Yep. The plan includes emailing instructions on how to register to vote to everyone enrolled in the Affordable Care Act. Everyone enrolled in the Affordable Care Act, we're going to register you to vote. Immigration status? No. Also known as Obamacare. Allowing yes, students... Sorry. Go ahead. Allowing students to get paid through federal work study for helping people register to vote. Folks, they're going to use taxpayer money now to weaponize students in communist Marxist indoctrination camps, I, I mean colleges, to register people to vote. They already do, by the way. I know. I Well, do they uh -huh. use federal money, though? Yeah, the, the, the get-out-the-vote organizations are flush with federal money. That's, they get all true. sorts of NGOs. underlying uh, donations and kickbacks and all that kind of stuff, government contracts, all that's of right. that. What I was going to say is that is a freaking terrible picture of her. Like, who picked that picture of her? She's, she's, she's like absorbed into the background of it you can't even see her shoulders it's, it's just like not. a floating head and she's not and, and it's not even a, a super flattering picture of her face she's not a she's not a bad looking woman I, you know i mean i think she's a radical communist and a horrible person but she's not bad looking but she's bad looking in that picture <laughs> uh well hold on let me finish this and then i'll well i'm not even gonna comment on that <laughs> Uh, but she goes on to say implementing initiatives to protect election workers and announcing a three national announcing three national days of action to promote voting. What are those three days? Well, Juneteenth is the first one, August 6th, and then September 17th, which is the National Voter Registration Day. Uh, August 6th is the Voting Rights Act 
uh, the anniversary of the Voting Rights Act. So all of this is essentially uh, surrounding black communities, which again, that's not going to work out to their benefit in 2024. The black communities are overwhelmingly comparatively, you know, compared to previous years are turn are going to turn out for Trump, according to the polls, 25 so, to 30%. Yeah. And that is so really interesting point. This is a little, I mean, it's adjacent, but it's a little, um, uh, it, it's definitely relevant. So we had on Monday debate in the Colorado state house on Tiara's law. Uh, and it was on an amendment to change this bill, which is called non-legal name changes to change it to, um, the, the name of the bill to Tiara's law. Now, Tiara is a trans, a black transgender female who has a criminal rap sheet, very long criminal rap sheet in Florida. And the Republicans in this debate were saying, why are we um, going to rename a bill, which our issues with this bill is that it's identity laundering. You're allowing transgender people to not go through the appropriate process, legal process, if they are felons, to change their names because they're transgender. And the Republicans really pushed back on this. What, what The reason I'm bringing this up is that at the end of the day, the, the amendment to change the name of the bill to Tiara's law failed. Now, the Democrats can do whatever the hell they want to. It, they have the votes to do whatever the hell they want to in the state of Colorado. But it failed and and it failed with some uh, black Democrats voting against it. And I think that that's important. So not just black Democrats, other Democrats as well voted against it. There was like about a, uh, about te like 10 or so that voted against changing the name of this bill to glorify criminals and identity laundering. But th th this is what I'm talking about in just kind of, you know, affirming what you're saying that the black community is not shored up for the Democrat vote the right. way that it was, you know, four years ago. And and a, and a big part of that is because of the radical Marxism, because naming legislation after somebody who has a record of crimes against children, when the legislation effectively helps criminals hide their crimes against children that puts a big old spotlight on communism and a whole bunch of Democrats are like, oh, I don't want to be associated with this. And yep. that's going to be a problem for them in November. It is not going to turn out in November the way they think it is. Uh, she goes on to talk about a speech she'll be giving on uh, Bloody Sunday, uh, which is another uh, historically uh, uh, black holiday that was. Um, uh, that what, what city was that? Was that Birmingham? Bloody Sunday? uh selby uh, shelby uh selma. no selma. selma selma shelby is the border thing there we go okay all right anyways and that's um all right let's go ahead and jump into our final two sponsors we'll go ahead and knock out the last two sponsors here and uh we just talked about the veteran nonprofit. well here's another great great veteran-owned company, and that's Loaded Gun Coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, wake up to the bold flavors of Loaded Gun Coffee, where passion, precision, and patriotism infuse every sip. As a veteran-owned business, we ensure each cup is steeped in pride and unwavering commitment. Their roasters handpick the finest coffee beans from around the world and have mastered unique brewing methods. The skilled farmers cultivate the coffee to embody the essence of duty and honor in every meticulous crafted blend. But it's more than just coffee. It's a family-enduring commitment to freedom, 
with military veterans tra tracing their legacy back to the Civil War, including Purple Heart recipients. Loaded Gun Coffee is a brewed testament of pride and honor. Dedicated to preserving the integrity and strength of our beloved nation, we proudly stand as fierce advocates for a secure border and a strong America. And we stay loaded. Stay loaded, Badlanders, with Loaded Gun Coffee. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash loaded and enter promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your purchase. Again, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash loaded. Promo code BADLANDS for 10% off. I am not and loaded right now because my <laughs> coffee is almost gone. So know, we're going to have to wrap up this show soon because I need more Loaded Gun Coffee. It's absolutely amazing. I'm drinking the black powder uh, version of Loaded Gun, the black powder flavor, which is delicious. Everybody definitely check that out. And then our uh, our next sponsor in today's... Oh, before, oh, before, before you get into our next sponsor, because it's called Black Powder... Did you know the lighter the coffee, the more caffeine? I think really? I, yes, the lighter the roast, the more caffeine. Is that because roasting it like burns it out of burns it or something? It out. Yep. It oh, burns yeah. Caffeine out. So when people, when people sense. are like, I like my coffee dark, 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 not black. Yeah, my husband like, is that way. No, yeah, the, lighter, he, the, the lighter the coffee, the lighter the bean, the more caffeine. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. A lot of people don't know that. So I bring that up. I didn't know that. No, I'm glad yeah. that you, I'm glad you told me. All right, everybody. So get your loaded gun coffee. And then um, in today's fast paced world, peace of mind is priceless. That's where Badlands Media steps in. Preparing for life's uncertainties is about being ready for anything right where you are. Welcome to the Badlands Media shop. We've sh we've partnered with Patriot Companies, offering products that empower you to prepare for any eventuality comfortably from your home. The Badlands shop has everything you need to secure your peace of mind. Browse the virtual aisles, prepare your family for the year ahead with products you can trust from companies that share your values. Whether it's growing your own food or prepping long-term storage, protecting your family, or stocking up on emergency supplies, we've got you covered. Get prepared. Visit Badlands Media shop at badlandsmedia.tv slash shop today. Every purchase supports a freedom-loving business as well as Badlands Media. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash shop. And we thank you for your continued support. And I wanted to tell you, Brian, um, during our live coverage yesterday, we did get some boosts. So maybe we, at the end of the show, we can read those. Oh yeah, we'll we'll cover those as well. All right. Uh, and I see people like their minds blown about the coffee thing. Yeah, that's that's yeah. actually true, guys. All right, no let's uh, jump into this press conference. So uh, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Take this with a grain of salt, but this is a little interesting what's going on down at the border as we've got President Trump and Joe Biden. I think they're both going down there today or tomorrow. Tomorrow. They're both going down there tomorrow. So they're both going to be down at the border at the same time. Obviously, it's a 2,000-mile border. That's like saying- uh, Are they going to be in the same state? I, th that I don't know yet. I think they're both going to Texas. So Texas's border, I think, is what, 1,200 miles? No. I think something like that. But anyways, check this out. Hi, Green Things. Um, you've referenced several times that the bipartisan Senate border bill has been endorsed by the union that represents border patrol agents. Um, Brandon Judd, the president of the National Border Patrol Council, uh, the main union for the border patrol agents, will actually be joining Donald Trump on Thursday um, for his border visit. And he said he actually did not receive uh, an invite from the White House. And we were wondering uh, what your response to that is and if there was any reason why. So look, I, I will have more to 
to share on what Thursday is going to look like. We'll have more to share on who is going to be joining the president. I don't have anything uh, beyond beyond what I just laid out, uh, but it is a fact that the the border uh, the border uh, patrol union did in, indeed uh, uh, support the bipartisan uh, proposal that came out of, <laughs> of the Senate, and I think that's important to state. I can't speak to him being with the former president in Texas. That's for him, obviously, to speak to, uh, and we we'll certainly will have more as we get closer to Thursday. Dude. <laughs> uh, they, the Border Patrol Union has been savage on Biden lately, and they did support the bipartisan agreement, I think with the caveat that we need freaking something, right? Like that we, we've got, we've got to fix this and this is a terrible, you know, agreement, but we need something, but they, uh, they are certainly not supporters of president Biden. If you go follow, that's a huge, like I would encourage everybody that's on X to follow the, um, the border patrol union Twitter account. They're absolute savages. When they, were, when they when they were talking about everything going on at Eagle Pass with the federal government and Ken Paxton versus uh, the federal government and everything taking place down there, uh, the Border Patrol Union came out in support of Paxton and said that that we 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 stand behind this. Like they're they're making our jobs easier, putting this border up. They're making our jobs better. Uh, you're right though on the funding. They backed the funding, but I think it was more of a hey, 14 billion is more than what we got now. Yeah. Who's going to turn down free money? Uh, you know. It's, it's going to help us in some way. I mean, it's not going to do anything that that's going to stop the border, but at least it'll, you know, get some more people off of the, uh, you know, uh, free up some people to maybe go back to the border instead of just processing. But that's all it was. It was a processing bill. Every person well, hired there was to process. So the, the, what happened with the Border Patrol Union and the White House during that season was that they were providing input about what they needed, what they wanted, what their people required to effectively secure the border. They were openly, vocally in opposition to a lot of the measures up until the bill came out. And then as you're saying, we need the money. We need yep. to be able to pay the agents. And so we're going to, you know, we're going to support this to get it done and then continue to work, you know, to, to work on. We can oppose that. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I, I think that we need to shut the shut the damn border down. And I think that the Biden policy has proven to be treasonous on this issue. But when it comes to the Border Patrol Union, they um, they, they were candid about why they supported it. And they have since been, you know, continually. um uh savagely taking down the white house on, on the issue but including going with trump to the border and not joe biden right and <laughs> what you hear from kareen is well they supported our funding bill it's like oh, not really true kitten like they need money and so they were willing to get on board with your funding bill but in all of the negotiations up to that point and in everything that's happened since they're not on your side so stop trying to make it look like you have the border patrol union because you don't yes i see mags is saying i need to play something on sit rep i have no idea what you're talking about because i missed mm -hmm. it but whatever here's the <laughs> she'll send it to me i'm sure here's the ai post uh for the story for the day from new york post google parents uh parent alphabet inc loses 70 billion dollars in market value after work ai chatbot woke Good. ai chatbot disaster this is of course referring to the gemini chatbot that came out and was making hockey players black and and our founding fathers black and uh like 
making the popes like small Asian women and and black women and black men and it just just craziness stuff that never happened. Not saying it can't happen, but stuff that never happened. Uh, and then we found out, you know, that the guy Kramzik or whatever it was that was in charge of programming all this has a history of just like flagrant racism uh, mm-hmm. on on his Twitter page. Yes, we so uh, Alpha, Paul and I covered that on Sunday's Culture of Change. Yeah, so Alpha, really Alpha on for by the way, it was. On, I gotta, let me get let me get through the story, Ash. Let me, I got to get through the story here. Alphabet uh, shares sunk four point four percent to close at one hundred thirty eight point seven. Uh, Critics have pointed to Google Gemini's bizarre behavior as evidence that it received politically biased training from the company's AI experts. Those complaints surged last week after politically charged tweets by Google Gemini's product lead, Jack Krawczyk, uh, allegedly resurfaced last week and the older post went viral. Krawczyk allegedly stated that white privilege is effing real and America is rife with egregious racism. Since the company does not publicly reveal details about the parameters that govern the chatbot's behavior, it is difficult to get a clear explanation for why it was generating the so-called woke images. Additional testing of Google's Gemini response raised further alarms with the chatbot refusing to condemn pedophilia and claiming there was no right or wrong answer when asked if Adolf Hitler or Elon Musk is worse. And I will add there was also a question about is it better to uh, subvert a... Uh, avoid a nuclear war or to mislabel Caitlyn Jenner's pronouns. And it said, well, that's hard to tell. Caitlyn Jenner came out, of course, and said, mislabel me, mislabel me, avoid the war. And go ahead. I know you, I know you covered this on Sunday. So go ahead. No, no. I mean, I, I, all I was saying was that uh, I wish that you had joined us because we were, oh, we were no. doing an AI story. Wait, let, me, and on, let, me, let me check my phone and see if I had an invite. Nope. Pre- uh, uh, Really? Oh, did are you, we do, did are you we, really invite are, me? And are, are, we it? It? are we doing that? Are we doing that? Hang on. Hold for processing. <laughs> oh, would you send it on like Telegram or something? I never no, checked. Telegram. I, uh, I communicated with you. Where is Sunday? Uh, oh, wait. did I have something going on on Sunday? Oh, it wasn't for Sunday's show. It was Raising a Nation I, about AI oh. in the primary, talking about uh, having you on Raising a Nation. So I did give you that invite, but I also know that weekends are like actual true weekends for you. So I try not to to drag you in. Hold for process. <laughs> and that backfired on you. <laughs> yeah. So like, like, you, um, when am I not down to talk about AI? Come on. Yeah. No, I know. I know. And I and I I, I really wish that I had 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 you on um, to talk about it. But we're going to be talking a whole lot more. About it because AI is now, you know, infecting, which is a lot of what we talked about on Sunday, infecting every single industry. Um, when it comes to this Gemini thing, it's, it's, first of all, it's such a misstep for Google. So the story that you just, that you just read, um, you know, is talking about their shares tanking uh, and, and, you know, them, them losing market cap in Google. First of all, they're more wealthy than God. So, it, you know, it's going to take a lot for, for Google and Alphabet to take a significant hit. But the, um, the the cultural message of what happened with Gemini AI, I think, is so much more impactful than the financial impact on Google. Still love the financial impact. I hope they go out of business, um, mainly because my big issue with Google, I have lots of issues, but my biggest one is that they built their brand on search accuracy on being able to search and find the appropriate results. That's how they beat out Yahoo and Bing and all of the other search engines is because they had the best, most accurate results. And once they got people's minds that, oh, I'll just Google it, 
because Google's going to give me the right answer. Then they shifted and they started manipulating the information that was being served up to people. And I think that's criminal. Um, and it proves that these companies are willing to destroy their value proposition of their products for ideological reasons, which means they should be nowhere near power. And Google uh, is the third largest cloud provider. So they've got yeah. a, a ton of the data. I, I still think the Google thing was a slip up. I don't think that they meant for it to act that particular way. I do think, uh, of course, they absolutely wanted to have the nuance of, of their woke ideology. I don't think they wanted it to be that brazen to where they made the founding fathers black or a pope, a woman, a, an Asian woman. I, I don't think that was their intention. I think it backfired and that's why it's been down and they're, they say it's going to be down for a few weeks while they figure out what happened. But hey, at the same time, there's your, there's your red flag. I mean, if yeah. you didn't have a red flag on Google before, and, and if you have a normie friend that still uses Google, get away from it. Get, get the hell away from it. I mean, now Google, there's two things, and, and these are both Google products. Google and YouTube are insane if you try and search for something on there. Now, there's a way to get around it on YouTube. You search something and you, you have to change the filter to upload date or to, mm -hmm. don't change it to relevance because relevance is going to do you nothing but give you Mockingbird outlet uh, articles, or not articles, but videos. If you change it to upload date or you change it by mm -hmm. parameters such as time and stuff like that, you can get back to what YouTube was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a platform for us to converse with each other. It was supposed mm -hmm. to be people sharing videos with each other, not a place for MSNBC to have clips of every single thing, you know, that, that Rachel Maddow says, but all right. Let's you can do the same thing with uh, Google search, by the way, there are search tools where you can do it and you'll get, you know, better results when you, when you manipulate I, those search parameters, but you're not getting what you used to get with Google, which was the truth. New case says, I think they built their brand by data hoarding all the data they collect on all of us users. I think that that is how they've built a lot of their power. I don't think that's how they built their brand unless, you know, maybe in the big data space with B2B branding, but the, um, the business to business, right? So that, that that's a value proposition for other businesses. Google has all this data and we can use that data as a part. That's a value proposition for them. It's not for individual users. The way that Google became Google and was Googling became a verb is because of search accuracy. They told us the value proposition was something different than what it ended up to be. Now, the last thing that I want to say is you said, you know, stop using it, get rid of it. Very, very difficult to un-Google your life. Android users, uh, the, the, like I said, third largest cloud provider, meaning that a third, you know, this is not a, an exact statistical assertion, but that a significant portion of businesses data infrastructure is running on Google cloud, meaning you can un-Google your life and you're still supporting Google. Yep. If you guys didn't watch the Tucker, Mike Ben's, uh, interview. There you have it. And I think John's going to be interviewing Mike Benz pretty soon, which nice. I told him I'm awesome. totally jealous because we've been trying to get him on why we vote now for uh, almost a year, you know, going long before most people. I mean, he's he's kind of a household name now in the alternative media after the Tucker interview, and he has been for a lot of us for a while. Uh, but we've been we've been following Mike Benz for over a year now, and uh, I've been following him since the Missouri B. Biden Biden. Missouri v. Biden case. But anyways, let's jump into this story from Breitbart. Supreme Court hears Texas gun store owners lawsuit about against bump stock ban, and that's happening today. Central Texas gun work owner Michael Cargill's uh, November 2023 case is now going uh, 
to the Supreme Court. It says Cargill told Breitbart his goal was to stop federal agencies from being weaponized against the American people. He said, quote, the federal government, they initially started out with just the bump stock. They focused on this little part, this little piece here. But since then, it's grown to other things. Federal agencies are using the exact same verbiage, the exact rule they used to ban the bump stock to go after everything else. They're going after AR-15 stabilizer braces. They're going after triggers. They're going after 80% frames and receivers all with the same words and language they used against the bump stocks. Uh, the ATF bump stock banned, quote-unquote, reclassifies bump stocks as machine guns. The United States Court of Appeals Fifth Circuit decided in Cargill's favor in January 2023, noting that a bump stock is not a machine gun. That ruling was appealed to SCOTUS and will be heard today. Of course, a bump stock is not a machine gun. It's just a piece of plastic that essentially hooks up to the, you know, the buttstock of a rifle. So uh, there's that. And then, um, and, and there really isn't much to say to that other than when you give up a little bit, they're going to take as much more. And uh, I don't know how much Bruin will come into this because bump stocks obviously didn't exist, uh, you know, in in the revolutionary time frame. But neither did rules limiting uh, gun use. So not sure. Good. Yeah, I mean, I I would just say that the uh, given what we just went through for you know I was thirty to forty five minutes about the border and all of the issues of flooding the you know Venezuela's m mentally ill and and criminals and and you know what is it what is it that Trump says you know emptying the prisons and sending them here that is uh, going on in our country right now. At the same time, they're trying to disarm you. And, you know, you're talking about a bump stock or a, or, or a, um, a pistol brace or, or these other, you know, individual component parts. And we see this a lot in Colorado. They're going after every single part of the firearm and attempting to regulate it in a way that they can effectively disarm you without calling it disarmament. That's happening at the exact same time that the world is emptying their prisons and sending them here. These people are criminals. They're evil. I'm not talking about the migrants at this point. I'm talking about the people in government that are allowing this to happen. They are evil criminals that are trying to destroy our nation. Keep your guns, America, because you are probably going to need them. Well, that's a little black pill there, but not exactly dishonest. Um, what it's I think the reality make... pill color called. Absolutely. Uh, that, that a lot of times a black pill is a reality pill. A lot of times doesn't mean that, you know, you could have a reality pill that's a white pill, too, or a, a red pill or, you know, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm with you, though. I mean, obviously, you know that I'm, I'm with you on, on gun ownership. I'm an absolutist Second Amendment. I think you should be able to own whatever the hell you want. Fighter jets, tanks. I think all of that should be uh, legal for you to F own. F-16s and a couple of nukes. F-16s and a couple of nukes. I'm all about my, it. My favorite was the first time he said that, uh, the first time he made that F-16 nuke comment, there was a meme going around with a, uh, like, I don't know if it was an F-16, but a fighter jet in the middle of the road. And it's like, just taking my F-16 to the nuke store. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anyways, um, so, so yeah, on the bump stock thing, like I'm not a fan of bump stocks. I think they're, they're retarded, to be honest with you. I think they're absolutely retarded. Should you be allowed to buy one? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what they'll end up doing is they'll end up taxing, you know, things like uh, if they can't ban the guns, they can't ban a certain type of gun. They're just going to tax the crap out of your ammo. They're going to tax the crap out of ammo, cleaning supplies, uh, you know, all, all the stuff that goes along with that, um, just like they do with cigarettes now. I mean, cigarettes, more than 60 or 70 percent of the, the amount you pay for cigarettes are taxes. Because that's how they try and get people to, you know, stop smoking. All right, let's jump into uh, this story. Staying on guns here from Georgia. Georgia GOP bill would coax Georgia property owners to allow guns. 
It says a bill introduced in the Georgia House this week would make property owners legally liable if a gun owner gets hurt on property where they are not allowed to carry guns. Private property owners generally have a right to keep guns off of their property. State Representative Martin Momtahan says, quote, all we want to make sure is if you're in the store or anywhere and it has a no gun sign, then that store needs to understand they have an absolute custodial care of that person who wants to carry a legal firearm but is not allowed. That means the store becomes legally liable for the safety of the gun owner whose gun has been banished from the property. Now, I at first, at, yeah, me too. So at first when I was reading this, I was like, hold on, you know, telling somebody that they are not allowed to uh, ban guns from their private property, I might have a, as a, as a, you know, little bit of libertarian cap, small L, I have a little bit of, pro of a problem with that. However, the argument that they make is spot on. If you're going to tell me that my Second Amendment rights cannot be exercised on your property, you better make damn sure that you're going to protect me from anybody else that might infringe on that and, and, and do harm to me. The other thing to that is, you know, this is essentially like a insurance. I look at Obamacare and what they did with Obamacare when they forced people to buy Obamacare. And we said, that's unconstitutional. You can't force me to buy a product. And so what did they do? They said it's a tax. They turned around and said the penalty for not buying Obamacare was a tax. Well, this could be something similar. This is an insurance policy that you'll have to take out. If you're going to ban guns, then it's now the flip side of this is that you might have long wait times to get into certain establishments now if they are liable for anything that might you might have to go through metal detectors to get into certain establishments, pat downs, you know, all sorts of stuff. Not that we don't already. Not that we don't already in, in some like sporting venues, you know, uh, you know, concerts and, and, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't know. Can the I last thing. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I want because the last point is really important. That I want to make here. So go ahead. OK, so um, here in Colorado, as I mentioned, they are the disarmament push is huge. Uh, Rocky Mountain Gun Owners has the entire list of legislation and initiatives that they expect will you know, uh, come to legislation eventually. They are they are pushing hard. A big part of that is the campus carry bill, saying in any sort of campus, college, uh, you know, school, otherwise churches. Um, there's a lot of types of private poli uh, private property for public purposes. Um, types of of entities, churches, schools, et cetera, colleges that are um, under this campus carry bill, meaning everybody has the right to be in a safe space when they're on a campus, whether it's a church or school or whatever. And we have to treat those people, you know, we, we need to make sure that they have their safe space. So we're going to not allow guns. Now, what you've done now is you've taken that already soft target and you've made it significantly more vulnerable. So the idea that the person who makes that decision, in our case, it's the government. The, the so, so this this initiative would be a problem for us here in Colorado with the way that they're constructing these things. But I think it's great whether that was Georgia, right? 
Um, I think it's great what they're doing because then it says, okay, fine. You can say that, you know, everybody has a right to a safe space, but criminals don't abide by laws. And so if a criminal comes in, starts shooting up that safe space, you are liable because you prevented us from defending ourselves. I think that's amazing because it, it shifts the liability onto the gun grabbers. And when they start having to, to realize that their initiatives, which are a violation of the second amendment and, uh, you know, for, for those in elected office, a violation of their oath. Uh, when, when they start pushing these things, they ha- if, if there is real liability that is attached to these businesses and these entities and to government policy as it pertains to no campus can have any guns on it, um, that that changes the math. It, yeah. it changes the impact of the, the, the push, the disarmament push. So the, the article goes on to say, it says, uh, Timothy Lighton of Georgia State University said establishments that banish firearms could face lawsuits from gun owners whose guns get banished, saying, quote, let's say I'm a bar owner, Linton said in an interview. Under the new law, if I prohibit them from bringing their firearm in and they're attacked by another person, a patron at the bar, then I'm absolutely liable for their injuries that results from the attack because I didn't allow them to bring their weapon. Lighton said the bill could include sporting and concert venues and even private homes that banish firearms. So this is obviously the lefty that's arguing against it there's one major problem guns are against the law to be carried into those venues and you're not going to be liable if it's against the law so what the law this law this bill what it would say is that if you own a a restaurant that's not a bar because it is against the law in georgia i looked this up uh in georgia under their, st- their statute, a person shall be guilty of carrying a weapon or a long gun in an unauthorized location and punished as for misdemeanor when he or she carries a weapon in a government building, a courthouse, a jail, a place of worship, which I hate that, uh, in a state mental health facility, in a bar, a nuclear power plant, or within 150 feet of a polling place. So it's illegal. So you can't, you can't tax somebody if you're making the process illegal already. So those would be completely null and void. You know, you're not going to be sued because a bar says, oh, you didn't let me bring my gun in. No, that you'd have to sue the legislature, the state of Georgia. Are you familiar with Marbury versus Madison? (laughs) Yes, I'm very familiar with Marbury versus Madison. Which states that any law which is repugnant to the Constitution is null and void. So you're against the law argument is a little gray. It's a little gray. Uh I, it is, it is, but it's the law is what I'm saying. You can't, you can't penalize a private establishment for following the law in the books. Now you can challenge the law. I'm all for that. You can challenge the law. Bruin versus New York state pistol association is going to change a, a shit ton of gun laws in this country, a shit ton. You know, tell me that our founding fathers couldn't walk into, uh, uh, the, the, the Jade dragon. Uh, is it the Jade dragon? Yeah. The Jade dragon. Mm-hmm. Where, where where the Sons of Liberty met? I think it was it was either oh. the Green ja- Dragon or the Jade Dragon. I don't know. That you couldn't go into Tun Tavern, where the United States Marine Corps was founded. Was, you know, tell me you can't go into there with a gun. So you could. And so these laws are unconstitutional under Bruin versus New York State Pistol Association. But my point is, in the meantime, they're they're against the law. It's on the books against the law. You can't be sued for it. Green Dragon, new case. Jade Dragon is probably the Chinese place down the street. Um that, that you know and that was actually we had a jade dragon down the street and um, you're racist why i don't know type in jade dragon in google and tell me how many chinese restaurants you come up guarantee you you get it okay. like like Hang just on. a straight down list of, of chinese restaurants we have it one says next. 
the place that we used to go. Brian is racist. <laughs> well, that's I'll just tell Google, you. That's what Google says. Now. My old Chinese restaurant was named Happy Walk. So that's, oh, I yeah. I love a Happy Walk. I love Chinese right? food so much. I used to have to happy walk my ass down to the Chinese place just to walk <laughs> off the dumplings that I ate at Happy Walk. It was the best Chinese food. So and they closed, after, they closed after COVID. But anyways, getting back onto the point, the point is, is that this guy was the opposition for the story and he didn't even do his research to see that his, his hypothetical was already illegal. So yeah. that's the point I was trying to make there. Yeah, and, great point. Uh, the last thing I want to play is I just want to play this short clip. We talked about this um, last week or no earlier this week. And this was the Vermont coach that uh, he, he made his girls resign from a, a tournament that they were playing in because there was a transgender player on the other team and their girls were getting hurt. I think three girls got hurt in a game and they said no more. The coach said no more. We're not playing and, and gave it up. Good. Well, now the Vermont school board has fired the coach saying that he is not allowed to infringe on other schools rights to play sports because their private school does not want to play against a transgender athlete who's six foot tall now you guys can listen to wait uh, was, was this one where someone was hurt on his team yes three, yeah three girls and so 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 they don't they don't have rights anymore that women, female athletes don't have rights. They don't have the ability to be protected because there is already an NCAA athlete who had her life ruined by a transgender volleyball player yep. in the face, brain injury, career ending, cannot play sports anymore. And this school is saying that they have to put those girls in that situation because of the feelings of the dude. Absolutely yep. not. All right. So anybody that knows, uh, sports i want you just like you, you could pay attention to the story we're going to get out of here in a second but uh we'll do rumble rants and get out of here but uh just watch like the play the physical play with this athlete that's highlighted here and just i mean it's just absolutely dominant just watch mel is over six feet tall and is seen here knocking rivals out of the way during this game this is crazy now in the fox and friends exclusive coach chris goodwin is speaking out for the first uh, time let me jump he and his attorney ryan playing for another go after discussions with the administration and our players and parents we decided that instead of going against our religious beliefs that you know that there are differences between male and female and we are created differently we decided to forfeit that game and uh, withdraw from the tournament and at that point the state of vermont governing body kicked us out of all athletic competitions in the state Mr. Tucker, we're showing this footage right here. Uh, look at the elbows being thrown on the. Is there? There's another one where the guy's like eight feet away, and he's able to close close with and 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 you know knock uh, block a shot as in the process. I, you can see the one girl that gets that gets elbowed when she's backing him down, and and he swats at her. I mean, he's got he's six foot tall against a girl that's maybe like five seven, and he just reaches in and swats, and and she's pissed. You can see these girls are are, are frustrated because they're not able to do anything. It's a different speed game. I, you know, uh, you know, all the, all the, the feminists out there that say women can do anything. You can, you can, you can accomplish anything, but you can't, you're not going to be able to accomplish men at the equal level in sports. Sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't love how that school and that coach is, is saying that this is a religious issue. This is not a religious issue. This is a protection of women issue. This is a women have the, uh, should have the ability to participate and to, and to excel at sports within the category of women with not, without having to 
be concerned about their health and safety because they're being forced to compete with biological men. That that has nothing to do. I believe there are religious issues and cases to be made on the the broader, uh, you know, gender dysphoria um, argument as it pertains to women's sports. This is not a religious issue. The fact that it's a religious school is irrelevant in my view. This is an issue about safety for women. And the it, we're we're living in upside freaking down world where the majority of people who who are supposed all the pussy hat wearing people right they're all supposed to love women and want to advance women and want to care about women but instead they're erasing women or setting them up to have brain damage because they're getting spiked in the face by a dude. Do you remember? Um, do you remember this? We are. A- I want to show. I want to play this just to, just to highlight. I thought it was Colorado because I remember the gold helmet. This was the first female uh, college football player kicking off. About to witness history in college football. Vanderbilt Commodores coming back onto the field. They will kick off to start the second half, and Sarah Fuller will kick off for Vanderbilt to become the very first woman to compete in the Southeastern Conference in a football game and a Power Five football game and there she is wearing number 32 she runs like a girl and just six days ago was winning an sec soccer tournament championship in orange beach alabama and wouldn't you know it history is on the field in columbia missouri as sarah fuller is about to put her right foot into a football speaking volumes to women around the world Awesome, awesome moment. You can hit a crowd. Everybody understands what's happening right now. This is a pretty cool moment. <laughs> and the kick down at the 35-yard line. Is- Come on, man. She was like the SEC player of the week for that, by the way. It doesn't matter whether you win or lose. It's how equitable your team comp- composition is. Yes. Apparently. She she gets a 20, 20 yard uh add on. Uh if if it wasn't bad enough, the the attack on on women, uh I don't know if you saw this. This was hilarious. FBI put this out on X. Higher prices, dangerous products, and closing businesses. These are just some of the impacts of organized retail theft has on everyday Americans. Learn what the FBI does to combat these crimes on the federal level to protect shoppers across the country. And just look at that picture of the woman stuffing the purse in her coat pocket because that is what's going on across the country right now. Yeah, the the biggest uh, perpetrators of retail crime in the country are apparently Taylor Swift fans. <laughs> look at some of the look at some of the the comments and wokeness. But why aren't they wearing MAGA hats? I'm pretty sure <laughs> those are the ones doing all the shoplifting. U.S. Ministry of Truth. I can see why you didn't go with the picture from the thousands of CCTV videos from mass lootings. Wall Street apes pictures of two white girls. Huh? How very globalist initiative of you. Uh, these were. Oh, well, that's eh, whatever. What made you select that photo? These aren't the usual suspects. Abolish the FBI. Uh, yeah, it was just, it's hilarious. Some of the, some of the comments that we got I'm there. always but, down with abolishing the FBI. Right. Don't threaten me with a good time. Right. I told you, I, I told you I'm reading um, uh, Big Intel right now, the book. And uh, it's about the FBI and the CIA and their progression of corruption and, and just failure. And uh, it's fascinating so far. I'm like a, a probably 
nine chapters in so far. All right, let's jump into Rumble Rants. Uh, CM Fina 24 says, I live in Oklahoma, and the smoke that blew in with the cold front made the sun look like it was on fire. Pray for our neighbors in Texas. God bless you. Uh, we are yeah. praying for you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the rant. Uh, MZ Nocera says, uh, 55 says, Californians are working every day to wake up fellow citizens and fight against the criminals running our corrupt government. Please pray for us. Absolutely. Uh, Liberty Line says, CanCon was right about coffee beans. Amongst other benefits, get whole coffee beans. When you buy pre-ground coffee, they allot for so many cockroaches to be ground up in it. <laughs> you are drinking the bugs damn yeah, I, I, I didn't need to know that liberty lion thanks thanks so much never buying ground coffee again insect parts and everything come in your cereal everything you're allowed so many parts per million of insects and crap yeah I do, I do know that the f the fda the fda that we're all supposed to you know adhere to and trust with our health and safety has an allowable amount of maggots and canned goods none yep. maggots is the none. only allowable yep. amount that's so disgusting Hey guys, smash that thumbs up. Ash is going to pull up the, uh, the Badlands support or am I? Oh yeah, I can. Give me one sec. I, I was showing, um, how people can boost this morning and I said, Oh look, we got some rants from the, uh, the live coverage yesterday. So we should, I think uh, I got media. Got it. I think I got it. Look at that. Great. Right. Oh, too me. late, too late. Uh, defective, clean li living. Oh, we had one from why we vote and I didn't read it. We got it. Mm -hmm. We got you on that. Uh, where is it? Special coverage. I think that I think that was actually um for the live stream coverage. It was it was on it was tagged as why we vote. Yeah, it's special. And there coverage. are more down below. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody says uh oh one oh gal now, one oh gal now. Uh, says thanks for your ongoing work. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Uh, and that is one Ohio gal now. By the way, one O H. I O no one Ohio. One. Okay. I got you. I got OH you. Gal now. Yeah. She corrected me the other day, which is why I know that not our America, brilliant, even though I am. our America, our America 45 must've thought because it was you and me, it must be why we vote said CanCon and Ashley. Uh, I am blown away that the attorneys for Trump had no digital help with the text messages when questioning Mr. Bradley. Unbelievable. All she had to do is download the app, email my text onto her phone. And it literally emails her the complete printout of any conversation she wants. Nothing gets cut off and a copy could have been forwarded to the other attorneys. I consider this yeah. sloppy in this day and age makes no sense. Other than that, it was a great time listening to all of you on the show. Thanks, Renee. Thanks, the, Renee. The only question I would have about this is, and, and, and granted, I'm sure there's ways around this, but there is certain rules of transferring digital to digital. Now, I'm sure you can verify text very easily yeah. that this is actually the text. But if you remember in the Rittenhouse trial, how they were going over pixels because of compression, sending it from one thing to the next. Uh, I, I don't know if if there would be uh, like, is that authorized by the court to use that software to to do that? That's the only question I would have. But again, the other the other counsel would be able to say this isn't what was said and, you know, and and dispute that. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one from Red, White and Blue. Shout out to CanCon, Ash and Ghost for their coverage and commentary of the Fannie Willis disqualification hearings. Much appreciated. So thank you guys so much for the boost. They're better than Rumble Rants. Uh, first of all, we get a greater percentage of of the money that comes through on boost. Plus they don't disappear after the chat. Your messages stay up there on our, on our message board and you can do them when you're watching on replay, which is awesome. But uh, you know, we always appreciate when people support us. The, the number one underlying foundational way to support us 
is to please smash that thumb. The thumb uh, drives a whole bunch of metrics that impact us as creators. So making sure that you smash the thumb on each of the shows that you're enjoying, very big deal to us. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And as always, Ash, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening. As Ash just said, hit that thumbs up, share this video out, and uh, I will see you guys tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media. 